everyone. Hello, Amy Leviton. Nice to see you. <laughs> Hi, how are you, Lauren? How's、I'm、it going?、Good. Ah, life. It's going.、Um, so, like,、yep. so、uh, for those who don't know, Amy, you are a the author of Denim Dudes and Denim Dudettes. You are a trend <laughs> forecaster, a journalist, writer.、Mm-hmm. What else? What else am I, am I missing?、Anything? I originally graduated in design. Owner of a cat. So originally, I was a, yes, owner of a cat called Dude. Go <laughs>、uh, do it again. I did.、Um, he's like, yeah, I'm out. Bye bye.、Um, yeah, a, d- a designer. I started my career as a designer, so、um, I do design not as much as I used to, but it's there. That's about、mm. it. That's about、um, it. Owner of cat.、Oh, lover、yeah. of cheese. Lover of cheese. I'm glad to、oh. to know that.、Um, so, like, yeah, but that's about it. It's like, oh, that's about it. It's like that. That's a lot of things, man. Like, you, you, <laughs> I guess world specialist of denim things. But yeah,、um, basically, I wanted. Someone to, said though. Sorry to interrupt.、Yeah. Someone on a panel, yes, last week, said about.、Uh, Uh, people who are kind of like you know creating trends, and it's really funny because I was like, ah,、oh, that's me. And he, it was really funny. I loved how how he put it. You're a high end Pinterest board maker. <laughs> he wasn't referring to me. Like, he was、ah. just like referring to people like who kind of, you know,、um, tell, I guess jump on culture about, and <laughs> yeah. Tell us about trend forecasting because it's kind of like a behind the scenes kind of industry and like. Not yeah, many、is. people know what it is, what the whole industry entails. Like, yeah, it's like started, a people. You started in well when I knew you. You were at WGSN, which is a big、yeah. trend, trend forecasting company. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, so the way it started and the way I saw it at the beginning, and it's changed a lot. The industry's changed a lot.、Mm. At the very beginning, it was kind of like. Coming from design, as a designer, the the part of my job that I used to love was the eureka moments, the like mood board gathering, right? The、yeah. image gathering, and the like, ooh, I can do it about like suffragettes and blah、yeah. blah blah, whatever it is. You know, those eureka moments where you're kind of really inspired by something, and obviously through my. Design world life, you know, I would get inspired by books or by you know、yeah. like art exhibitions or whatever. And so the way I saw it when I first started is it was kind of like we would be creating the mood boards based on a lot of people in a company all loving to do the same thing and all being、mm. good at doing the same thing. We'd get together and go, "What is happening?" And then you'd almost just create mood boards for designers to get inspired by.、Mm. And it would be kind of like, "Yes, get inspired by this, but also." By the way, you know, hours and hours of discussions have gone into it. Reading of you know、mm. um, articles discussing culture, etc., etc. So there was this sort of like higher end thing going on, but essentially you're inspiring a designer to get excited by the season. You know, thinking about silhouette, thinking about detail, color, wash, all of that、mm. stuff, obviously for denim.、Um, and so that was essentially how it started, and then, and it is still that. Totally is that high end Pinterest board making? Making really, it is. <laughs> totally is that. Ouch.、Um, yeah, I know, but I like it. I kind of <laughs> like it because it is just like, yeah, kind of. I mean, as and it's very essential. It's putting images together that tell a story that look beautiful on a page, 
um, but that happen to have a lot of thinking behind them. Like, that's what's funny. It's like per season. My God, we read so many articles. We look at all the new collections out there, the new, uh, you know, young designers, emerging designers, street style, how people are wearing and styling their jeans, you know, all over, obviously, Instagram, mm. like constantly, save image, same image. So there's a huge amount of that that goes on. And then five images make it on that board. But there's like all this thinking that goes behind it. So essentially, it is, you know, it is just about creating a really, really great narrative and a really great mood mm. um, and story. But I would say how trend forecasting has like changed over the last 10 years and evolved is say, if I think about what I do for a big client Levi's, right? We mm. talk about a lot of stuff that's got seemingly nothing to do with denim. So, you know, I rarely talk, I mean, we do drill it down into silhouette and wash a little bit mm. for sure, but mostly it's kind of more high, you know, maybe as low as we would get would be kind of like emerging designers and cool stuff. Most of the time it's just like, obviously right now, what like, is going to happen with the world? Yeah. You know, like highly travel. conceptual and like envisioning yeah. what behavior, like what culture will behave how cultural behave and like behave what people's mindsets are right now and yeah exactly I mean, I mean like fashion is like a, a, a like a mirror of whatever's happening in culture right now as well exactly right? that's yeah. it so you're kind of just you know you're looking at how tiktok is taking the world by storm it's funny because i remember putting them in <laughs> a trend presentation like a couple of seasons ago and then last season mentioned them again and then obviously now it's just like TikTok's fucking everywhere. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. Um, you are. But you can do whatever you want. fucking everywhere. Da dance so, <laughs> Excellent. Oh, great. I'll, I'll end with that. I'll end with that. Um, so, so, yeah, exactly. So, obviously, COVID, it's funny because, you know, I work uh, with Sam a lot, you know, Sam, uh, mm. Sam Utaro on Instagram and he's wonderful. And like when we, we work together on, on seasonal stuff and like the last, we put to bed, what would that be? Full winter 21 in the middle of COVID. I think it was like mm. April, um, March, April. Yeah, April. And so, you know, what was funny is everything that we were seeing already happening COVID didn't really change anything that we had, you know, we'd been talking about sustainability, the destruction of the universe. Nice. Uh, we'd been talking about comfort. We'd been talking about athleisure and stuff like that for a long time. Mm. You know, um, what else? I feel like Values. it was, yeah, it was like COVID was a catalyst of what yes. was already like inevitably going to happen, especially even like, with the way the fashion industry works like the I feel like with the trade show model of like fashion brands showing their collections at trade shows and then like yeah you know selling them like I mean we've all before COVID everything's moving online anyway so yeah there were it people just, who just like there were there were parts of the industry that just didn't want to change and then when this happened you know like they the, were like the cracks in the nuts. pavement yeah they were like shit <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. but no you're exactly right it's just everything was going in that direction and it's not like anything we were saying for the season didn't make sense anymore it all made sense it just was like that times a million <laughs> like that's yeah. you know it just like you say yeah. exaggerated everything like everywhere that culture trend. was going 
the outdoor yeah. trend. I mean, I hate yes. to call it a trend because it's like just about going outside. <laughs> she's trending but yeah that's so like silly. people have like like I guess when you you lock you have to lock yourself inside and you don't get to see people and you don't get to go out, outside you kind of appreciate everything you miss you didn't realize you always had so yeah yeah for sure. and I think we were so distracted by so many things like I would I would feel okay so I'm in an airport somewhere in the world and I'm going maybe I'm going back home and I'd look around me and I'm just like everything is white and shiny and plastic and fluorescent Mm. lights and no daylight and we're going we're getting on a plane that's flying us through the air like how far from what we were meant to be <laughs> yeah. know, crawling out of the sea. How far have we come? Like what? And I, I remember having those moments of just feeling like so disjointed. And I think, you know, there was this element of like, you know, because maybe I'm inquisitive and trend forecaster. I was really like noting how awful it was and how unaligned it was. Um, but a lot of people didn't care or didn't think like mm. that and were quite happy getting on planes and, and, buying plastic things and all of that stuff so it kind of you know in a way I feel like it we've come so far from what we were intended for and we've become so distracted by but you know let me ask TV, you media whatever mm-hmm. what what were we intended for like in like I would argue on oh, that yeah I would argue question. on that like like okay yeah we've come so far from like single-celled organisms crawling out of the ocean but like isn't isn't all of man's developments part of nature itself because we are nature itself we are like evolving humans it's like survival of the Mm -hmm. fittest yeah like and like damn like if you look at human the human existence on this planet like we've come a long way from like dying at the age of like 20 to like being able to live to 100 in like such comforts and like we're speaking to each other from like halfway around the world I know what clever us we are freaking clever I know I mean yes I think it's a really interesting experiment to see how far um a you know, uh, an animal, I guess we're animals, you know, uh, I feel like it's incredible experience to see how far we can actually take things with opposable thumbs and, uh, and yeah, like, um, consciousness. Um, but I, I think what we've got wrong as a species is, getting disconnected with what's right you know and I guess that's just mm. greed you know at the end of the day it's just it's just greed you're t- and capitalism uh, so you're, yeah you're talking about like <laughs> corporation and like and like uh, the gov how the governments kind of become more and more corrupt by lobbyists and 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 mm-hmm. big corporations like destroying our rainforests and like making big exactly and like we both work in the apparel industry and like we all know this amazing designers out there such as yourself like story people like that who are really doing things in a small scale way uh they they know who's making their garments that you know they're making a small amount they're making a small dent 
But yeah, the rest. But you see, it's very interesting because like what I do for a living and what I love doing, you know, about Mm. I would say a good 10, 12 years ago, I had this like, oh, shit, you know, because what I happen to be quite good at and what I love, like I feel like I found my perfect job. But my perfect job was essentially telling people next, next, new, 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 you know, and it's really tricky. And I really struggled with that with that for a while because I was in something that I loved. Um, And there's so many other elements to my job that I feel okay about, you know, like championing young brands or or shining a light on different people in the industry and all that wonderful stuff. But, you know, um, especially when I was working for a big agency, you know, when we would just be like putting mood boards up, you know, upon mood board out and it's just like new thing, new thing, new thing. Now I feel like at least the work that I do say, if I can go into a big brand, like, you know, I've done reports on sustainability, of course, but like, you know, on, um, plus size on inclusivity on, you know, there's a lot of things that we can work on that, would hopefully make those brands better brands, um, mm. more sustainable brands, more ethical brands, um, more honest brands. Um, so there was a part of me that just thought, well, what if I stay in this, I think I can do more good than if mm. I just didn't do a thing. But it is tricky. It's yeah. something that I'm still not completely at peace with. Yeah, because when you work with such a big brand, like a big corporation, mm-hmm. like there's only so much you can se- like you have a, a say in. I mean, hundred yeah. percent, and everything moves so slowly. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah, decisions are so slow, and I mean. It's funny. There are some things. I mean, I can't talk about certain things because they're clients, but there are some things that some brands are doing or working on um, where they are really a brand of that size can make a big difference. That's the other thing that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've just during, during COVID, I've been doing a project with a a big, a big company who are actually pretty sustainably minded, but don't want to talk about it because they are so worried. So many brands are so worried about saying anything because they're like, okay, we're doing this. And then someone's just going to be like, yeah, but you're not doing all of that. And I think what's great as far as the way that, the cooler brands are communicating with um, their cli- their uh, customers these days, which I'm hoping to see more of, is this real, true transparency where, mm. you know, like uh, the brand Noah, I, I mean, I'm always banging on about this. They, I think they did this campaign like two or three seasons ago, but I loved it where it's like, we're not a sustainable company. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great, you know, photo of like, it's terrible, you know, like huge pile of trash and yeah. rubbish and you know and 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 it and just looked horrendous and there was a guy picking through rubbish something like that anyway yeah. and smog and like the worst um and i honestly think that that's a way to communicate with a consumer these days it's just like you we you know we all freaking know the facts now we all know how it is and we all know that by making certain choices there are consequences so i think for brands to kind of like really acknowledge that uh is definitely the smarter way to go and so you know going back to um there is no obviously not that larger brand but these smaller brands are the ones that we talk about they're the ones that we talk about that influence the bigger brands and and there are i mean some brands are more open than others some brands have bigger budgets than others etc etc but you know some i've had quite a lot of good feelings when I come out of, um, you know, working with corporations that I'm like, oh my God, 
that, you know, they did this or they're working on this because of what we've talked about. Um, and it will make a big difference because of their volumes. I think that's the other thing. It's like, I had this well, comment I went to, um, sorry, yeah. I thought no, I could no. just talk forever. No, no, I'm terrible. You, you talk. You, <laughs> I've asked I you to, to come on here. Yeah. Go for um, it. I went to a mill in Brazil and it's a huge mill. It might be the biggest denim mill in the world, bar one. We're not sure. And, you know, someone commented like, because I basically 25% of what they do is recycled, which I thought was really pretty high considering they're mm-hmm. a big mass mill. And, you know, I, I've done many tours of many denim mills before and there are some that are better than others. Honestly, I was pretty damn impressed with, mm. with this mill and I won't go into all of the details, but they were they're really pushing the boat um, as far as sustainability is concerned, considering they're so big. And, you know, someone was just like, well, it's all just got to stop. I agree. We don't need that much more denim in the world. We don't need to be making that much. But the fact is there is demand for it. And I would rather if we're going to be making, if, if that mill exists and it's, and that fabric is still being made and sold. Yeah. If that's our reality, then yeah, 25% and then let's work to 50% and then let's work to, because they can actually have an impact. Whereas a tiny brand are doing the right thing. hundred percent. I want to buy from my friends. I want to buy small. I want to buy local. Um, But unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the world who haven't got that kind of budget. And they're going to go to Walmart or Target. Now, if a Walmart or a Target make a big change, imagine like a water saving, like that will have a huge impact. So I don't know. There's so many different ways of cutting it and so many different ways of looking at it. I just decided let's stay in it and try and be as good as possible. It boils down (laughs) to market power. If you think about it, it boils down to like people's choices. And like, it's such a bummer that like things like, I feel like for small brands, like cost is so high because of like the state of, of, of manufacturing right now and like you know the Mm -hmm. rise of I guess the rise of fast fashion really pushed the cost of like making things beautifully (laughs) a lot higher and so so yeah yeah, it is like product from small brand is often like inaccessible to to regular people and I Mm. completely understand that but like yeah for sure I don't think the answer is just to stop making stuff altogether that's like ridiculous um you know yeah i, I mean it will be wonderful but it's we can't st- that's it, it something that we sense. can't stop yeah no. we can't stop this but, you know that is just like that's like trying a to stop the world left, from spinning yeah that's like yeah. a far left it's an idealist like, yeah. yeah and i would love that but there's no point i mean we can work towards an idea of that and we can at least make steps to educate people because I do think people tend to these days, of course, compared to like my parents in the fifties where Mm. they would have one shirt rather than 17 from Primark. Yeah. Sorry, Primark. Um, But, (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time, the problem is we're in this now and yes, we can help to educate and yes, we can help to cut that back and we can do all of that at the same time. But let's also work on what's being made right now because that yeah. is like trying to stop the world from turning. It's, it's, and, and when, yeah. And like you say, when it's, when it's capitalism and corporations, we can only do so much. That. No, yeah, you, you can't. can't stop I that. wish we could. But we speaking yeah. of which a pandemic can stop that in a way like yeah enter coronavirus yeah Um, but yeah like it's it's been crazy to watch the coronavirus 
like just spread so crazily in the US and like the the kind of like havoc it's really caused in the US but I want to know like um you know in the industry what do you see what what does the world look like from your perspective what do you who do you see succeeding getting through this who do you see, mm-hmm. what do you, what models do you see not you know just not working dinosaur just dying like the dinosaur exactly so i mean i think we've already seen a few falling and um around the time that a lot of companies were being hauled over the coals for um not paying factories in pakistan Mm, bangladesh places like that that was massive it was the one thing that really annoyed me is I was just like, look, you're going under. Just accept it. Just yeah. go down, you know? Yeah. And, you know, without mentioning any brand names, because I can't, I can't remember. I, th- I feel like Marks and Spencer's was on that list at that point. And they're, an, you know, they're one of these brands that, you know, growing up in England, it's one of those weird brands where you kind of like, it's a bit mumsy. You wouldn't buy the clothes, but the food is really good. And there's memories attached to it and all of this stuff. And it's like so British. The chocolate coated toffees were my favorite. Well, <laughs> they, everyone's got, everyone's got a memory yeah. and a, like, and a, and a, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah. you know, for instance, if I do go back to the UK, cause I'm thinking I might go soon, you know, I cannot wait <laughs> to get into the food aisle of M&S. I just can't, can't wait and just eat all the sandwiches. But Basically, as far as their apparel is concerned and all of that stuff, I'm guessing. I mean, I'm really speculating here, but I'm sure the numbers are not good. And I'm sure this has been happening for a long time. And it's just like, you know what? You're great at food. Accept it. And the the problem is, is with capitalism, is that that's not okay. And I've had some conversations. What I think is depressing about COVID, I've had quite polarizing conversations. All of the brands and the people that I really respect, that I really love, everyone's like, well, it's really made me think I'm going to do better. And I'm like, you were doing well already. And yeah. they're going to do better and be better and go slower. And then there are, there are other people I've spoken to, maybe say like factory owners or what have you, who are just like, can't wait to get back to a new normal, like not a new normal, a normal, like get yeah. back to what it was before and like rescale and redid it. And it's just like, so as going back to the M&S thing, I mean, I don't know what their situation is, but I just felt like if you're at the, in the position where you can't pay, you know, it's like with me, you know, if I can't pay my rent, I'm going to have to downscale and that'll be hard because yeah. I'm in the studio apartment, but you know, <laughs> go home to my family, live somewhere, you know, you, you have to, if, if, if the life is telling you, you can't do it yeah. anymore, you can't fucking do it anymore so it just really upset me that they were like hey you know what us making a profit and making this work is more important than your lives you know yeah the lives of factory workers on you know who are making all the stuff that you're making money off yeah basically it's just I mean it's it is awful it's terrible so back to your point of who's going to succeed I mean I think those people with those more archaic business models you know um also I, I do think products that is going to sell well now and I've talked to a few brand owners and weirdly and amazingly I'm happy about this is the more special crazy stuff seems to be selling more and I think if I think about my purchasing habits I bought very little 
Um, but what I have bought, I, you know, it's been such a well-considered purchase and it's been something that I adore. Sorry, is a plane going on over? I don't know I if thought you can hear your, your earphones pretty good. Uh, doing, the, doing the job. Um, but, you know, I think that, that, the, the uh, helicopter's actually distracting me. What was I saying? Um, <laughs> I was you're, saying? You're buying the, like, more, you know, special pieces. Yeah. So I've heard that, like, creativity might come to the fore again because I feel like for so long companies have been so, like, buyer-led and numbers and figures-led mm. and that ain't going to work anymore. Well, right yeah. now it's not going to work. It might work in the future, but it's not going to work right now. We're in this um, really crazy time where it's very hard to predict. So people want to be inspired and they want to, yeah. like, they want stuff that sparks joy or, you know, that really, like, hits home or means something to them, values. Yeah. I think, you Meaning. know, this is another thing. Yes. Yeah. Depth, meaning, purpose, values. Um, this is something, again, that we talked about in forecast before all of this, that, you know, if you think about Gen Z, they are so value-driven. You know, mm. they are all about, does this company align with my values? Do, you know, like you'd pick your friendship group, you know? Yeah. It's like, and it's because now we do have that, you know, dialogue with brands. We do have a dialogue, a direct uh, dialogue with our brands we think I mean of course it is still just a marketing person probably yeah. you know putting the Instagram post up or what have you but you know during COVID I mean I don't want to big up Levi's because I'm sure there's a lot of things they do wrong but they handled some things really really well they did from a marketing perspective really kind of they created a sense of community you know there's mm. this guy who um he has a dance studio down the road called ryan heffington and he's amazing he's like a friend of a friend he's this amazing flamboyant incredible dancer he's a choreographer work with like all of the best he does loads ah. of really big stuff but he also has this little studio and during covid he just went online and just started doing these dance par parties, he called them. And oh, it was cute. at like 12 o'clock in the middle of the day. And they were a workout. Like there were certain moves, but it was mostly dance moves, dance-based yeah. moves. Um, always an amazing soundtrack. Um, there'd be a moment halfway through where you'd get props, you'd get like scarves, you'd get like, uh. or you'd be like, get your microphone out and you'd sing along. And we and then at the end oh my god it's funny like just thinking about it because this was like very early covid me and my friends would do this and we would all get on to like house party or zoom and we would do it together so we would have like our phones up we were watching ryan and then we would see our friends and at the end he kind of said what is it we will get through this we will get through this and you just like you're bawling your eyes out Aww. because you've like you've been like working out for an hour you've been yeah. sweating you've been laughing you've been having the time of your life and then and then like someone just says it's going to be okay and you just like burst into tears and we're all like at the end going oh sorry but, but that's the shit that works yeah. like that's the shit that works because like bringing people together yeah it's like yeah and we're all stuck and you yeah, can cut through it like technology can be stifling sometimes but you can cut through it and you can totally. have those emotional connections so the brands that do that that are value-driven and that talk about it and then and also don't bullshit because I think these days, yeah. you know, I feel like 10, 15, 20 years ago, a brand like, say, Diesel could be like, hey, we're the coolest. Yeah. You have to buy this. We're telling you what to buy. We're telling you that we're cool. Uh, and People now the stupid, consumer dictates man. that. Yeah. No. People are just yeah. not stupid. And if you assume they are, 
That's like the then worst. You're stupid. Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> you're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> um, but like speaking of the dance, the dance um, story. Like my sister, she she has her own little two. She has two little dance studios in Sydney, and she's she's like a superwoman pole dancer. And during the oh, lockdown, you've shown me her stuff, or oh, I've Coco seen it through Pol, your stuff. Yeah, yes. shout out yes. to Coco. It's amazing. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, when when the lockdown happened, like she wasn't al- allowed to run her business, so she, of course, yeah, she like started up these Zoom um, classes, and like that was kind of like really early days for Zoom, the Zoom kind of method of like yeah but like she killed it like and she started like she was selling out and then she started opening to not just her own students but to like anyone so it's like just such an incredible like you know things have evolved in the space of like five months literally which is incredible totally that's amazing yeah people have pivoted yeah community community. It really is. And bringing people together and using technology for positive, you know. Um, And I think, like you say, those old dinosaurs, they're not able to think that fast. They're not able Mm. to use the platforms. I mean, if you think about just individuals, you know, I'm really like worried about that because, you know, you get older and you start going, oh, I I can't do that. So I'm not going to. And I'm like, don't. You've got to learn it all. Like, so when something else, I remember when Snapchat came along and I was like, I really can't be bothered with this. But TikTok, I've got really, really into. And someone now, see if I can remember it. See if I can remember exactly what this guy said, because it really like hit home for me, the difference between Instagram and TikTok. And and, and then obviously, because I'm going to analyze what that means for fucking, I don't know, whatever. Do it. so basically this guy just said, he was, is a TikTok video, obviously on TikTok. And he said, you go through your day and you're like, that would make a cool TikTok video. That was a cool TikTok video. That guy falling over, oh, geez, whatever. Because day-to-day life and real people are what make TikTok entertaining, funny, mm. interesting, moving, what have you. Um, and he said, never have I ever, you know, looked out a parking lot and gone, they'd be good on they'd be good on Instagram like yeah. you know because the gram is all about curation and smoke and be, mirrors it used to be it that, used to be like right? yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah but that's like, it in a way like that's kind of what I see as like I'm not gonna real I'm not gonna link TikTok to fine art but like that's the purpose of art in the world and you're like I'm sure there's some incredible like TikTok artists doing stuff with tiktok which i can't wait to see yeah but like yeah like that's what the function of art is is to like to get normal people to take notice of like the incredibly ordinary extraordinary things that happen every day and like that's exactly like like, that's what i think the function of instagram used to be and probably tiktok and snapchat are now is like just this like very basic single channel function of just taking notice like oh yeah share like yeah Yeah. and like that that's to me like beautiful even though like probably tiktok is like a surveillance instrument of communist china but anyway they'll all they'll see is like people dancing with their grandmas like ha 
why <laughs> exactly exactly just do it. it's all about dance moves so who cares um yeah i yeah i would agree and i think that yeah I, I agree like when instagram first came out it was pure joy and i still on a personal level i still use it for pure joy and silliness um and then my denim dudes account is more like oh, have you seen this brand they're great um so that's a little bit more polished and also a great platform for yeah. positivity and all of that stuff so that's cool but like um tiktok i think it's that empowerment where you know where everything is going in that direction right the empowerment of the individual the you know the fact is that the individual now holds much more power than the brands that that mm. power switch has happened we're in it now the brands are beholden good yeah. um let us tell you what we want and yeah. let's make decisions with our you know with our wallets um and that you know that does apply to social media as well and that's why it's wonderful to see that like okay on instagram the there's accounts that are you know huge amounts of followers beautiful curated you know influencer-esque photography people traveling all over the world living beautiful lives um and I, I do my heart goes out to them I don't know what they're doing for content right now because it's very hard to travel but um you know with TikTok it's just you know it can be like someone just in the kitchen just going Bleh, and suddenly they've got all of these you yeah. know thousands of followers and it's just fantastic to see because yeah so I don't know all of that all of that is sort of telling us where things are going you know it is yeah. the power of the individual is going to continue it's not a trend it's a it's, it's a, like it's a, a philosophical shift, shift of like mm. you know before we had the death of god you know like you know and now <laughs> we have the death of corporation <sighs> and um yes. that to the individual that'd be nice yeah yeah awesome. yeah that would be really nice that would be yeah, really cool totally. it's not getting too dark here is it no, it's look very moody. I, I love it. I can show like me. flip it, can't I? Oh, oh pretty. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, it's not so like a for folks special out there who one, are but just nice. listening. We're looking at a beautiful sunset, <laughs> LA sunset spotted with palm trees. It's very Hollywood. Hollywood. How's, um, how's like, what's living in LA like? Do you like it? You obviously do. I mean, okay, this bit, yeah. Um, Honestly, it's so funny. So I have a, um, a neighbor, Helen, who lives upstairs, who is British, and I have quite a lot of British friends. I have American friends. I have. <laughs> I promise I've made friends here. I have integrated. But it is funny because there are differences. There are big cultural differences. Mm. And I think especially at a time like now, you know, with Trump at the helm, with basically the world's on fire, California is actually yeah. physically on fire. Australia's um, going to be on, ho like, hopefully not, but it, the fire season's already starting early again. Oh my gosh, heavy, yeah. Heavy. I wonder if this is the beginning of the end of the world and we're like, yeah. oh, well, we're here to witness it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> morbid. Um, but yeah, there are definitely big cultural differences and there are big differences that I don't like, but mm -hmm. there, there's a lot that I do. Um, I mean, the weather, I know it's like really, really shallow to be like, well, the weather's great, but the weather is amazing. <laughs> the health and like the positivity, like I feel like in London, London, New York, really similar cities where you, you kind of like. They're fast cities. People they're fast have cities no and struggle. Yeah. And struggling is almost like yeah. the point. Yeah. Which is weird, but it's almost like, yeah, I got three hours sleep last night. I did this, 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 and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like, wait, okay. Whereas I, yeah, and like, I'm 40 now, so I'm like, new. No. Um, so for me, 
the incredible nature of America, the diversity of nature of America. Like I barely scratched the surface and I love the fact that I'm here to see all of that. Um, and I do love that, but politically it's a, it's a crazy time. Mm, you know, it yeah. is a really, really difficult time. And, you know, when George Floyd was murdered, mm. I mean like that, that, the Saturday afterwards, I went down to like my first American protest. I mean, I'd been to like the women's march, but that was not the same energy wise um, or for obvious reasons. Um, and it's brutal here. You know, the, the, the tension, you know, racial tension, but also just like the, the, the police presence, everything is pretty yeah crazy um and there's a lot I really don't like and there's a lot I've done so much learning in the last six months just to you know I mean it's been it's been a baptism of fire in a way I feel mm. like before I was kind of like I'm you know you know me I'm like happy-go-lucky positive person mm. of just being like getting on you know and just being like yay it's sunny yeah. and then I really had to like buckle down and actually be like grow up Amy like what what can we do about this and like really you know um face the issues yeah. and try and help and try and do something about them um and do a little you know I I kind of at first just like I was so I mean it was so tangible it was here it was devastating yeah every, really every time I see I I watch so many like clips and stuff of what's going on in the US and mm -hmm. like you know like it, it's so it hurts you from a deep place yeah. inside it yeah, really your hurts. soul. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, and it, it, definitely. And I feel like it's. I'm a bit calmer now, but I've gone through waves of that. And I remember, like maybe a month, six weeks ago, thinking, "Oh, now, now I'm." I hate the term like woken up, but now I'm in touch with it. You woke me. I don't. I don't like. Yeah, exactly. Now, now I'm so woke, man. <laughs> now I'm so woke. It hurts. I don't like it. But yeah, basically, I was just like, now I'm so connected and I'm really opening my eyes to this. Because when you first moved to a country, I remember when Trump got in like nine months after I moved here. And I, I remember being obviously super upset, knowing that he was a complete crazy cat and it was going to be a disaster. But I didn't feel I felt like I was still on some kind of vacation. I didn't feel connected to it. And now like this last sort of few months, I've felt really like really connected and it's awful. And but, you know, the way I've got to think about it is I'm still white, privileged, 40 year old woman. Um, so I don't even know the half of it. You know, the whatever yeah. I'm feeling is not what anyone but else. That's an you know, important part. That's an important start. And, and like also, but like at the same time, I feel like white guilt is not, no, it's not productive and it's not a, um, it's not right either. Cause, cause when you feel, yeah, it's not, when it doesn't you, do when anything. You, when you act <clears throat> from a place of guilt, that's not genuinely acting on something either. So yeah, that fine exactly. Balance of just like, yeah, for sure. just like realizing that these, these are, fellow human beings and treatment tr like you know for another for your neighbor to be treated a different way from yourself is just so devastating but yeah, yeah. devastating and crazy I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna move this da, 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 because it's a little bit lighter in this corner because I've got yeah so I'll go over here because I think it will be hang on let me just get my chair though um so yes exactly and I also think <laughs> 
our job, sorry, all of that noise, um, our job as well, you know, is to use privilege for positive. And like, yeah. that's what I've definitely really been trying to do um, as much as possible. And, um, and it, you know, at first it was kind of like, just, just get out there and go to protest. Cause honestly, it was just, I feel like the feeling here was so tangible. We were crying every day. Mm. It was just like, horrendous and then gradually as things calmed down it was like right what can we do to help our little silos mm. um industry our community or what have you so you know like i kind of i mean i still go actually every wednesday um there's a couple of amazing speakers in la um and we so there's there's um a I mean, it's awful. I, I'm like smiling and then I'm like, actually, no, it's it's awful. Basically, what they do every Wednesday is they stand outside the Royal Courts of Justice and there's a woman called Jackie Lacey who is the, what's she? She's like the chief of police down here. And it's a protest to mm. get her out because she has sort of just allowed all of these um, people of color to like die at, you know, due to police brutality being shot and being killed all over the place. I think it's something like, it's not as many as one a day, but it, it's something like, oh, what are the, it's something like 600 in the last three years or something like that. So it's roughly about 200 a year, two, oh yeah, 220 God. a year. Yeah. Die in LA. That's crazy. Um, That's just like, that blows my mind. Yeah. Mind blown. And it's just so crazy that it's been accepted up until now. It hasn't really been accepted, but we, I think collectively, like that protest is every Wednesday, I think three o'clock has been going on for three years. This, mm. that mo particular day, that movement, everything has been going for three years. And I just didn't even know. And so it got folded into all of the protests. And now obviously it's, it's carrying on. And, um, and what they do is they have families, um, of people who have been shot to death by Los Angeles police come down on a podium every day and tell their stories every Wednesday and tell their stories. And of course you've got 600 to choose from. So it's endless. Um, and then there's a couple of individuals who speak who are incredible. And, um, yeah, and wow. I, during COVID, I think it's especially like there's certain things that everyone kind of does for their mental health. I've got into cycling, really enjoy that. And, and I don't go every Wednesday, but if I'm feeling at all, sorry for myself, I get myself down there and I come back feeling, connected to yeah human beings and and suffering and a collective suffering um inspired by incredible people who are doing incredible things about it and and also bloody lucky you know yes, yeah. so it just it, it figures me out in so many different ways um and i yeah. feel like i'm doing something but 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 mostly it's it's yeah it's just it realigns you if you're kind of spinning out because yeah. there's, there's there are so many everyone has this has a struggle or many struggles mm -hmm. and like when yeah. yeah sometimes like especially with the lockdown if you if you are left to your own devices trapped in your own home with just you to your own crazy thoughts to bounce your, your thoughts against mm -hmm. like it spirals and you lack perspective that you know totally. this, it's the struggle it's not just my struggle it's just like, yeah it's the struggle so yeah I feel like that's one way that I mean that's one that way that technology's helped me in this lockdown is like being able to like touch the world without 
touching it really like you know having these conversations with different people all over it it puts things into perspective it's like yeah we all have struggles like so your struggle doesn't take priority over anybody else's struggle we all have shit to deal with yeah Um, definitely and how have you been like how have you I mean obviously we all have our moments but where are you in Bangkok this year's been crazy yeah I'm in Bangkok um yeah yeah I came back straight after Paris Fashion Week um that the the spread of COVID was already starting look like I'm going to circle back to January January I was here shooting um, our lookbook in the Golden Triangle. And back in January, it was already spreading in China. And yeah. uh, and we in Thailand were all masked up and hand sanitizing and temperature checking back in January. We were all taking I it did not seriously. know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So think about that. That puts things into real perspective. Like we were taking it seriously since January. Then I went to New York for for the trade show, like for the Fashion Week and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was so creepy because no one was even aware of of um, COVID wow. in New York. When yes, I went early February. Like it was like what? Like people didn't even know about it. And then yep. I went to straight after that. Yes. I went to Paris and like. It was just there was it was Same too old, it was nonchalant. It was like you know what it was. It was like oh that's the Asian disease. That's their thing. Um, yeah, that's the Asian disease. We fly everywhere. That's the thing. Yeah. it's just like it's it's it, they're humans. But we're at humans. The time, who? At the time, yeah. like during Paris Fashion Week, it was already like running rampant in in Milan, in like in Italy. So it was just next door. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it was crazy. Shit. So straight but it's to, funny. I yeah. think there's a, there's a human. Like we we I think where whenever humans go wrong, it's because of freaking some kind of like ego or better than thing it is We're, man always just totally. like that's, that's human's downfall is just like ego driven stuff and so I think you know like sometimes that can be like pushing to try and get ahead of people sometimes that can be like yeah screwing other people over or whatever but yeah like as far as this yeah. freaking disease is concerned and you know I think that's what the problem is in America you know yeah. so many people are just like there's a selfishness and there's there's you know there's very positive attributes to americans um the way that they 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 want success they want success for everyone on all of this stuff but there is also a very kind of like me this is me this is my life this is what i want to do and it's just like there's a collective thinking in especially in asia you Mm. know like you know japan china etc etc and um thinking about the collective and thinking about the whole and past yourself I mean, in a time like this, that is exactly yeah. the mindset we need. It was and quite, that is exactly why we are in this situation. Exactly. It was quite and other like people are not. I, it was quite eye widening. Like, you know, when I was in France, like, you know, my husband and I, um, we live in a really small village in the north yes. of France. We're we're mm-hmm. the only um Asian we're pretty much one of the only Asians in our little two thousand population village. And we were taking it seriously. We were wearing masks, going to the supermarket and everything. And people were giving us the dirtiest looks. Like we we were the spreaders. But we were just protecting 
other people from us and us from other people. It's mm-hmm. like a vice versa situation. But yeah, mindset is crazy different. Um, so basically, yeah, I came back to Thailand when the the kind of shit hit the fan because I was like, I need to, I need to like be there for my parents who are aging. I need to be there for my business for for production. Blah blah blah. All that. Yeah, it just seemed like the sensible place to be. Yeah. yeah. So my so I produce in a few different factories, but my factory in Vietnam did have to close down because um, they service quite a lot of larger brands and they just didn't get paid. Like they just, yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, I'm a small business. I budget for, I budget for like being able to pay my factories if there's a pandemic or not. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. there's no question about that. Like that people's jobs are at stake. So yeah, basically hundreds of people lost their jobs in that one factory in Vietnam. Um, yeah. Had to move like production back to Thailand, but Thailand did actually Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand did exceptionally well, um, during this whole pandemic. Mm. Like I yeah, can't. I can't really speak for Vietnam because they they are a co- communist. I mean, I can't speak for. Look, we all have corrupt governments. Okay, yeah. that's a given. But we all know that shit. And so, yeah. like, actually, the the public health authority in Thailand that work kind of separately to the government, they were on it. And people people here are familiar. They're not um, stranger to like, you know. We had SARS and bird flu and MERS and swine flu. Um, So, you know, people take things seriously here because they know the government's corrupt. They know that they're on their own. So people pull together and do their bit for each other. So, yeah, we didn't actually have a full lockdown in Thailand at all. We didn't have have business. Our businesses didn't stop. We are a a really big population like densely packed population yeah bangkok is crazy dense yeah Yeah. and it didn't happen it didn't stop it didn't didn't happen things uh, still touch wood like yeah Mm -hmm. it blows my mind really but it's all about cooperation it's all about putting your ego aside and cooperating i think but exactly exactly it's not that hard and well it's seemingly impossible for some people out there and I don't know why I don't know why I think it's I I think that okay yes we are we all deserve to have freedoms and rights that's like I feel like that's the basis of the American um you know the American ethos dream is, (laughs) is freedom and rights yes we are all we should be entitled to that but when there's a global pandemic and yeah. so you need to put those, those, those like that those freedoms and rights aside because there is like a a disease here. But it's um, also like I do think you know this whole thing about like freedom and rights to do what we want and like you can't tell me to wear a mask. And it's like, I mean, like the little girl in me just gets really upset with people like that because I'm like, why don't you want? Like yeah. this is part of me that's like doesn't understand the concept of putting someone at risk for no reason. It's mm. like, you know, like wearing a mask and then the consequences that like, you know, I just don't understand that. To me, it's not a question of freedom. It's just a question of decency. And like, yeah. 
and and having some kind a tiny grain of empathy for your fellow human yes. being, which blows my mind that 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 the the the, the, the my freedom comes above that. It's very strange. Yeah. Like I just I'm not I'm not being brought up to think that way. I've just been brought up to be yeah. kind. <laughs> yeah, it's it's we go back to the idea just morality, like is yes. there morality basically. Yeah. So strange. It's really bizarre to me, really bizarre. Yeah. But hey, right. but yeah, it is it's it's crazy here, but it's okay. It's I mean, LA is a little funny pocket. I mean, if you go towards West there are some people being a little crazy and not wearing masks at all in our little pocket in East LA people are kind of policing each other and everyone's pretty strict but um so I feel like when this first happened I felt safer here than I would ever feel in London um just because the the population is less Mm. dense you know um but we'll see we'll see how it all pans out (laughs) we'll see thanks well thanks amy for that really awesome chat like yeah yeah it was really insightful and like really that really valuable to get your kind of perspective on the world your very unique perspective i really appreciate it but for people out there who want to check out what you do how can they do that um, well, it's a good point. I'm, I'm terrible at my own PR. Um, Denim Dudes um, and Denim Dudettes, they both have Instagram handles. They are Denim Dudes and Denim Dudettes is easy. Um, and they're both on Instagram. Um, I also have a blog um, and I couldn't get DenimDudes.com. Um, so I have DenimDudes.co, which everyone always thinks is a typo when they're emailing me and it's caused loads of disasters. Oh, no. So that's great. Um, but yeah, there's the website. I mean, I think if you Google this stuff, it just it'll come up anyway. Um what other platforms are there? We have a Facebook group. We don't really do anything with that. Um, oh, and then also I did an amazing panel that I'm really proud of and excited about um, last week. Um, it was about race and segregation in the denim industry and like um, um, some incredible people, uh, Don Juan Harrell, uh, April Walker, um, TJ Walker from um, Cross Colors, which is awesome. Um bunch of other people I won't like I don't want to list everyone but basically it was talking about like streetwear um and streetwear seen in the like 90s and how a lot of people um mostly people of color who have worked at brands like that and are trying to like move around and maybe going to whiter brands um have huge issues and it opened this like massive can of worms so we're going to do a series of these talks um Mm. and that we just published it's just the the newest blog post on the website at the moment and um and it's on our i have a youtube channel as well again denim dudes you can find it on youtube um and that was a really interesting conversation and we're going to have a bunch of of other ones as well we're going to like talk about heritage and how it's kind of celebrated in our kind of like geeky heritagey denim world and yet of course in america there's a lot of stuff that is very linked to slavery segregation racism that we don't really talk about as well so there's a bunch of different conversations that we're gonna be doing um just because there's a bunch of different incredible inspirational people in our industry who um have incredible stories to tell yeah. so uh we're going about telling them um so yeah that's that's it i mean through instagram you can find all of these things anyway cool. go to instagram and then you'll find all the links nice <laughs> well thanks bye Yay. everybody bye everyone thanks for having me